Welcome to the Way of Crypto podcast, your best daily news source covering everything happening in the crypto and Bitcoin space every single weekday morning. We go over market news, price action, and of course, all the drama happening in crypto every single day. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month. Or if you want to take it up a notch, you can contribute to the show with 10 bucks a month. This allows you to not only contribute to the show financially, but also with show content as well as it enables you to ask any question you want, hopefully about crypto. But if not, I'm probably going to answer it anyway. And we'll go over all those answers every single Friday. However, the best way to support the show is simply to subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can do this on Spotify and Apple and all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe, give us a review. That's the best way to support the show. Finally, if you want to take your keys into your own hands, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device through the Ledger website and it has not been tampered with by a third party like what can happen if you purchase through Amazon or eBay or a third party seller. You never know if your device has been tampered with. Uh, so use the link in the description. It ensures you're purchasing through Ledger and also 10% of that purchase will go to support the way of crypto at no extra cost to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Way of Cryptocast, on TikTok at Way of Crypto. But the best way is to go to the website www.thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email link there. You can fill it out. Let me know your questions, comments, and concerns, and I'll get back to you. There's also an RSS link on the website if you run your own podcast server and you want to subscribe through that RSS link. You can do that. Let's get into the news. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Way of Crypto podcast. We got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot going on in the crypto space. A lot of drama happening today. Uh, Fear and Greed Index, let's have a look at that first. Currently sitting at a 21. Yesterday, a 22. Last week, a 20. Last month, a 23. Price action is looking fairly interesting, although flat, I think. Uh, we haven't dipped below... 19,000 in a fair amount of time here. And I think uh, this is non-financial advice, of course, but my gut feeling is that we're ready for some kind of uh, movement up in the uh, early October here. Uh, it just kind of feels that way to me. I think we're going to see some positive price action in the future. Non-financial uh, advice, of course, I could be incredibly wrong and it could go the other way. Uh, just telling you what I think is going to happen here. Now let's have a look at actual price action. Bitcoin currently sitting at 19,267, flat on the 24, up a couple percent on the seven day. Ethereum's at 1328. Flat on the 24, up a couple percent on the seven day. Uh, BNB is at 283, up 2% on the 24, up about 4% on the seven day. XRP is continuing to rally here uh, all week pretty well at 47 cents, up about 10 and a half, or, or sorry, 9.5% on the 24, uh, but down slightly on the seven day. Cardano, 43 cents. Let's go right through the uh, top, the top 30 here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Solana's at 33 bucks, 77 cents. Dogecoin's at 6 cents. Polkadot's at 6.45. Matic at 77 cents. Experiencing some uh, nice little gains there too for uh, Matic. Uh, Shiba News up about a half percent on the 24 and about 3.5% on the 7 day. Tron's at 6 cents. AVAX, 17 bucks, 40 cents. Uniswap, $6.41. LEO token up 11% today. That may be the biggest mover in the top 30. Let's kind of have a look as we scan down. Litecoin, who cares? Ethereum Classic, 27 bucks, 59 cents. 
Chainlink 772, Cosmos 1287. FTX token is flat on the 24 and three and a half percent on the seven days. Some interesting things happening with FTX. Uh, we will talk about that not today because I can't confirm it, but uh, sometime in the future when we confirm what exactly is happening with Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. Until then, I won't comment on it. Stellar is at up uh, five and a half percent. Near is flat. Kronos flat. Monero up two percent. Algorand. 35 cents up about 4% or so and Terra Classic is number 31 now. So Terra Classic has been just pumping over the last little bit. It's a meme coin personally, non-financial advice of course. I wouldn't touch this at all. It's attached to Duquan. Quant is uh, showing up here too. So so there's some new things moving into the top 30. No surprise there as uh, even some small pumps here can shift coins around. Some small pumps and some small dumps in a bear market can shift coins around pretty significantly. The biggest mover in today's market watch is LEO token with their 11% gain. Let's get into the news here. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, this first article is from the Daily Hoddle. It's an analyst who predicted the 2020 Bitcoin collapse, says there's an epic move incoming. We're going to have a look at his targets uh, and dig into the article together here. A popular crypto analyst and trader who accurately predicted Bitcoin's Bitcoin would collapse by up to 50% when it's trading over $40,000 in March is now warning of a new market lows. This is Capo. We've talked about him before. Pseudonymous crypto and analyst Capo tells his 535,000 Twitter followers that once the brief crypto bounce has ended, a major capitulation could occur. Once when the bounce is over, make sure you protect your capital because a dump could be epic. The bearish, the big bearish hammered pattern is waiting. The entire crypto market cap has risen modestly by 4% to about $975 billion. At the time of writing this two-month low, at the time of writing from the two-month low of approximately $940 billion hit last week on Bitcoin, Capo says that two scenarios could play out. And these scenarios are not what you're thinking. Could go up, could go down. He's predicting either it's going down or going down even harder. Uh, let's get into this here. Both of which would see Bitcoin fall by nearly 30% from current levels. Bitcoin is trading at 19437 at the time of writing. BTC, the only chart you need. Two possibilities. Quick scan pump to 20000 2,500, 2,500, and a nuke afterwards, or a clean break of 18,400 to 18,700 support and straight to the main target. Both possibilities lead possibilities lead to the same target of 14,000 to 16,000. So he's one of the many analysts that's been predicting Bitcoin hit that 14 to 16 mark for some time here. Uh, according to the popular crypto analyst, Bitcoin is in the process of completing a bearish head and shoulders pattern whose formation started in June when the leading cryptocurrency briefly broke below 18,000 for the first time in 2022. So uh, I don't think, I personally don't hold a lot of stock in uh, TA at this time. The macro environment is currently overwriting anything seen in the charts. We've had lots of indicators that um, crypto is going to move up and down over the last two months, especially in the upwards position. They've all been, uh, all been incorrect, except a few. But uh, even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So just a prediction, and we all know predictions are just that. No one can predict the future, especially the short term. Short term is incredibly hard to predict. With the long term, actually not so hard, uh, especially when you have an asset like Bitcoin with scarcity plugged into the code. 
Anyways, let's have a look at our next article here. Billionaire Stanley Druckmiller says, Drunken Miller says one catalyst could trigger a big role for crypto in the future. Let's have a look at what this catalyst is. Billionaire investor and hedge fund manager, uh, hedge fund legend. It describes him as Stanley Drunken Miller's expressing optimism over crypto assets. Drunken Miller says... In a CBC, CNBC interview that the lack of confidence and trust in general banks could lead to a crypto asset playing a big, big role. Ain't that the truth, isn't it? When the rebuilding of, econom- of economies starts. This is a quote from him. I still think if the Bank of England, what they did is followed by stuff like that by other central banks in the t- next two to three years. If things get really bad, I could see cryptocurrencies having a big role in a renaissance because people just aren't going to trust the central banks. He's reflecting on CBDCs and all that kind of stuff that uh, could be brought into our life, uh, I guess, our life for daily use in the next few years here because of the pending collapse of the banking system and uh, especially a lot of these um currencies from other countries not so much the u.s dollar i'm in canada here though and our canadian dollar is not looking so strong especially now during uh during this global recession against the u.s dollar and i think a lot of people are predicting a lot of us move towards that u.s dollar and then a cbdc to follow i think that's kind of what he's getting at here and uh, crypto could be a lifeline from that uh from that surveillance brought on by a cbdc especially bitcoin only because it is non-confiscatable, like we talked about on uh, last Saturday's podcast here. This is another quote from him. I like everything I'm hearing out of the Fed. I hope they finish the job. They made a big mistake. They seem to have owned it, but it's easy to own it when employment is strong. Let's see what happens if we get a hard landing. I just hope they stick to their guns because their stuff was terrible. Stuff was terrible in the 70s. You have to slay the dragon. Drunken Miller stated here that he, that crypto previously solves a problem of a lack of trust in central banks. I would agree entirely. Non-confiscatable is the key with uh, any asset. I think in today's not so trusting environment, and uh, Bitcoin is non-confiscatable, and that's the biggest feature I, I think, uh, as well as being decentralized. Those are the two big features here. Lark Davis, he is a crypto influencer, mostly on YouTube, also on Twitter, as well as being accused of running a pump and dump scheme. We'll get into that a little bit. This is from Cointelegraph. I've done nothing wrong. This is in quotes from Lark Davis. He denies pump and dump allegations. I'll, uh, I don't watch Lark Davis. He's not uh, someone I follow. I do follow some people, just uh, and I've seen his videos. Uh, however, I don't know exactly what this is reflecting on, as I'm not a follower of Lark Davis. But let's get into it here. Get into it together here. Davis claimed he received nothing for free from projects. It's alleged he's in profit from the amounts he sold weren't enough to dump the price. Crypto influencer Lark Davis has refuted new allegations from Twitter on-chain sleuth Zach XBT of shilling low-cap projects to his audience just to dump them shortly after. This is why it's dangerous to uh, mention any super low cap that you are holding because you are effectively, if you have a, some kind of audience, you are effectively uh, notifying those people of the existence of that low cap, the low cap token. They think it's cool because you're, they think what you say is cool. So people go and put money into that token. It drives up the price of the token that you're holding potentially that you receive for free from the company uh, that created the token. And is asking you to advertise it for them. And then you sell it when the price goes up. So this is the pump and dump scheme 
that many crypto influencers, especially the big ones, are accused of on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting, I guess, uh, would be the word to describe it, because there's not a real way around it. Because as soon as if these guys are holding, these guys and girls are holding any kind of low cap altcoin, they mention it and they have an audience, it's going to cause the price to go up. This happens with uh, everyone, Alex Becker as well. Uh, you mentioned it, they mention a token, price goes up. And then that gives the, them the opportunity to then sell the token at a higher price than they bought it for. And uh, they can repeat this process over and over and over again. It's not a real way around it. As long as people have audiences, are curious about crypto, and people are willing to mention low-cap altcoins, the only way to solve the problem is to never talk about these low-caps. That would be a way to solve the problem. However, then why uh, some people are interested in learning about them also. So uh, what are those? It is an influencer not allowed to hold a token if he mentions it. Uh, he or she mentions it, I should say. Maybe that's a solution, or uh, I don't know. Like, there's not really, there's not really a great solution for this. And uh, just don't take financial advice from others, and trust your gut instinct. I think a lot of airness has to be uh, on the investor, the the retail investor, who is then injecting money into these altcoins, causing them to go up, and then these influencers are then selling uh, because you raise some liquidity for them. I think there has to be some kind of personal responsibility here taken. Uh, for that and don't take financial advice and just use this as educational take all these content creators word as a grain of salt and when they talk about something especially a low cap uh, keep in mind they could be holding it that could be why they're talking it maybe not maybe not always uh, but it could be so just trust your gut and make the decision on your by yourself with your own feeling and then you can't blame anyone else if it dumps after however uh, low caps are incredibly volatile. I uh, don't recommend if you are listening to YouTubers and podcasts and things like that for information on these alt uh, on these low cap altcoins. I don't recommend you invest in them because you may not be there yet. I think uh, most people should just kind of stick with Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum and some other uh, in the top ten there. But stay away from those low caps if you're using YouTube to research them. You probably don't know enough to invest in them wisely. However, not saying you won't make some money. You may make some money as well. Anyways, let's talk about Ethereum here. 45% of ETH validators now complying with U.S. sanctions. Everyone's biggest fears are coming true. Over half of them are complying with U.S. sanctions. Over half of ETH validators, that is. Labyrinth CEO Leshen Freeney is trying to raise awareness among validators running Flashbot software that they may be potentially contributing to censorship within the Ethereum network, like everyone's expected, by moving to proof of stake. According to the CEO of blockchain development Aber agency, Labyrinth Lashin Freeney, hope I said that right, approximately 45% of all Ethereum blocks currently being validated run MEV boost regulated flashbots and comply with the United States sanctions. Speaking to Cointelegraph in an interview on September 30th, which is this morning, Freeney noted that while reports have stated that 25% of all blocks validated since the merge complies with United States sanctions, this is a lagging indicator and the current number is likely to be closer to one out of every two blocks. Scary, isn't it? I want to see Ethereum do well. I really do. I think it's almost the, I think it's the second most important crypto by far. Uh, Bitcoin, if you want to call it a crypto being number one, I do think Ethereum's number two. It is incredibly important. It's going to be the rails for a lot of things in the future. However, if it, um, 
becomes too centralized in the U.S., it's going to turn much of the world off and it'll be a U.S. product. Uh, we've talked about before how it may not matter if Ethereum is decentralized or not. And I tend to agree with that because it's not, I don't see Ethereum as money. And um, I don't think everyone quite knows what it is yet, but it is rails for something in the future, purely speculative. And it is, Ethereum is speculative. Bitcoin's a payment system. It needs to be decentralized. Ethereum, not so much. So it may not need to be decentralized. However, if it is currently centralized in the U.S., uh, you're going to see a lot of other people, nationalities, not wanting to get involved in it or using it or not uh, treating it in the same way as if it were spread out all over the world and uh, just having a different picture of what Ethereum is in their minds. And I do think it will hold back use. Maybe not in the U.S. It'll explode in the U.S., but the rest of the world uh, will kind of move on to something different, like what often happens when something is too centralized in North America. Anyways, let's move on to the next story, Duquan. He is on the run right now. I don't believe he's been caught. I haven't heard any updates at all. He says he's not on the run. He says he's just kind of hanging out on Twitter. However, it uh, doesn't seem to be quick to turn himself in, but blaming uh, blaming the many, many states looking for him, doesn't know where to kind of turn himself into. So he's just kind of waiting to be arrested. Uh, this is kind of from him on Twitter anyways, uh, which is interesting. The crypto exchanges that were asked to freeze his Bitcoin, uh, this was, I think it was within the 25 hours uh, leading up to his notification that he is being there's a essentially a warrant out for his arrest he tried to transfer 67 million dollars worth of bitcoin uh apparently this was through chain analytics and that exchanges the exchanges that he moved it to were kucoin and okx uh, the authorities actually talked to these exchanges and asked them to freeze assets we're going to get into this article it's from the daily hodl to find out if they did. I haven't read it yet. Two crypto exchange platforms are being, being reportedly asked by South Korean authorities to freeze tens of million dollars worth of Bitcoin tied to Terra Luna founder Ju Kwon. According to a new report by Bloomberg, South Korean prosecutors are asking the coin, KuCoin and OKX crypto exchanges to freeze 3,313 Bitcoin linked to the crypto wallet, wallet associated with Kwan's Luna Foundation Guard, which is called LFG, worth about $67 million at uh, today's pricing. Signing analyst Crypto Quant, South Korean officials say the wallet was created on September 15th. So we're looking at, yeah, about a little more than two weeks ago. Crypto Quant specified new Bitcoin addresses owned by LFGs based on transaction patterns, adjacent flows, and material non-public information. So an on-chain analyst put together that these did belong to Duquan, notified authorities, and those authorities are those authorities are trying to get these exchanges to freeze those tokens. It doesn't look like they have at this time, though. Uh, KuCoin is an interesting one. It's a non-KYC. I don't know if they can freeze, or it could be a non-KYC anyway, so I don't know if they can actually freeze assets uh, by following on-chain analytics, and that would be enough for them to freeze these wallets without proof that they're under actually under ownership through uh, like a K, something like a KYC exchange where you, you know for sure it belongs to that individual. KuCoin is slightly different, and I don't know if on-chain analytics will be enough for them to then freeze 
those wallets. We'll see. Uh, not your keys, not your Bitcoin or your crypto. Keep that in mind. Next story of the day, Facebook and Instagram will allow crypto wallet integration. We've been talking about this for quite a while. You're going to have see peer-to-peer transactions on social networks using crypto real soon, I think. Uh, just You can tell by their integration and how quick they are to adopt NFTs, which are a very small, very niche part of the crypto space. And I think payment... Uh, payment rails integrated into these apps are the next the next step, allowing users to pay each other in peer-to-peer transactions with a wallet that is attached to your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever that social media platform may be. Uh, you'll be able to send tips and transactions and all that kind of stuff right through their platform. I think... This is uh, not ideal because you're not uh, you're not actually withdrawing their tokens. You're going to be using a custodial platform, I believe, but we'll see how they integrate it. I believe that they're going to end up being the custodian. I think that is kind of the end goal, and those tokens and coins and everything will be confiscatable when they're in some kind of wallet connected to to your social media platform. I kind of think the, how that this is how it's going to be. However, I'm uh, maybe I'm being a little bit pessimistic here, but let's get into this. This is from the Bitcoinist. Uh, Meta has announced an update for its NFT token features on Facebook and Instagram. Starting today, the social media platform will allow US-based users to connect their wallets and share their NFTs with their friends and followers. That's pretty cool. According to the official announcement, the update will also allow Facebook and Instagram users to make cross posts with their digital assets. In addition, the company announced additionally, everyone in hundred countries where digital collectibles are available on Instagram can now access the feature. Instagram is uh, one of the early adopters for sure of the big, great big industry corporations. Uh, Meta is the early adopter of NFTs. And I think they see this as a moneymaker in the beginning, especially with the metaverse being so quickly connected uh facebook being so quickly connected that is with the metaverse and the ability to sell and transact and make money selling nfts in that metaverse future that they want to happen i think they are kind of the obvious pusher of nfts uh, but i don't want to make any predictions here i'm not a big metaverse fan i kind of like the real world in the woods and i like crypto and i like uh kind of dumb expensive jpegs as well but i don't i'm not big on the metaverse portion of it and uh, maybe it's because i'm older i don't know but uh, i have no interest in living in a metaverse playing a metaverse game i like gaming i like all that kind of stuff but i also like the outdoors and uh, participating in that as well so i don't know I, I, i don't know i won't comment any more on that i guess Um, However, I don't really care about the metaverse whatsoever. I don't see myself ever actively participating in what I think they see the metaverse is. Whether that ends up that way or not, time will tell, I guess. We've got the same bank being freed story. They are considering buying Celsius, uh, especially as Alex Mashinsky has resigned. And I didn't talk about that yet on the podcast However, yeah, Alex Mashinsky resigned, I believe that was yesterday, uh, as the CEO from Celsius, as he should. He was trying to stay there, trying to relaunch Celsius as a crypto custodial company. Uh, it just blows my mind the self-awareness that he does not have. It's pretty obvious there. And uh, yeah, he resigned yesterday, probably under the direction of uh, a lot of investors. And FDX, Sam Bankman-Fried is reportedly eyeing an eyeing acquiring an interest in the beleaguered crypto lender Celsius network as he sets out bailing out industry players plummeted by the bear market. 
That was kind of a hard sentence to read. Sam Bankman-Fried wants to buy Celsius. Citing people's familiar with the matter, Bloomberg reports that Bankman-Fried considers bidding on the properties of Celsius a bit. It is unclear if the crypto billionaire digital assets exchange FTX or trading firm Almeida Research will bid for just some or, or all of the troubled firm's assets. Uh, I'm going to stop there because uh, I don't like the way this article is written. However, Sam Bankman-Fried is trying to grab either the assets involved. So the assets that Celsius currently holds, they have Bitcoin miners and they still have, uh, I shouldn't comment on the exact number because I don't remember exactly, but I think it's around $67 million worth of assets. Uh, but this is going by a, that number from weeks ago. I could be wrong. And I think they're probably going to sell for pennies on the dollar. And SBF is trying to get those assets at pennies on the dollar, as well as maybe part of the uh, actual company itself, uh, itself, like it has Bitcoin miners and some other infrastructure as well that uh, is going to be for sale at pennies on the dollar. And Sam Bankman-Fried's been building in the bear market like no other, snatching up all these deals uh, like no one else. He is continuing to build in the bear market. Let's get into another SBF story. Him and Elon Musk weighed a joint effort to acquire Twitter. This was in March, I believe. Uh, just a small story. Bankman-Fried was potentially going to be a partner with Elon Musk. Uh, this was in the early days of his planned Twitter acquisition. And yeah, SBF was going to be one of his partners. However, at this point in time, it never came to any kind of fruition. Very last story of the day, mysterious collector leverages mutant ape NFTs to buy a third in a $1.3 million deal. Nexo handles finance for purchase of ultra rare mega noise F NFT. Uh, betting the legend, betting the mega mutant apes are stronger together. One collector has made a risky leverage play on the blue chip NFT collection. And that NFT participant is anonymous, which I think is kind of interesting. Fragment, a third, a three person company creating rich stories and worlds for the metaverse took out a 1000 ETH loan worth about 1.3 mil on Tuesday to purchase Mega Noise, one of the rarest NFTs in the Mutant Ape Yacht Club collection. The collateral, two other Mega Mutant Apes, the, that fragment will lose should it fail to repay the loan within 90 days. So he's going out on a ledge there. Uh, hopefully he's got the assets and doesn't lose all his NFTs in the process. That's the last story of the day. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll see you all on Monday. If you want to support the show, you can follow all the links in the description. You can purchase a leisure. We'll get 10% of that purchase price. You can subscribe to us on Patreon. There's a couple tiers there. And you can, the best way you can support this podcast is by subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. That's it. Thanks a lot. Bye for now.